Hello and welcome to StarkCast. I'm Joe Stark, and today I am talking with fellow podcaster Josh Haywood of the Morally Flexible Podcast. What's up, dude? How's it going? Really excited to have you on. Yes, it it took a while and, uh, you know, many false starts, but hey, we finally made it. <laughs> we finally made it. <laughs> finally. Finally made it. What, what is it? Uh, third time's the charm now? Yes, exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. So I, it, I'm very happy to be on, finally. Uh, I'm, I'm a huge fan of your show. I, I love what you guys do. And so I was very excited when when I was able to get you scheduled for this. Well, thank you. You're one of our 12 listeners, maybe 13. Yeah, no, that's good. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> also, you've got that uh, ad that you play on your show talking about like switching platforms and, and whatnot. And I've actually recently switched StartCast for, um, over to Anchor and really digging it. Wow, the advertisement actually worked. The so, ad actually works. So, so yes, <laughs> yeah. You go ahead and let Anchor know that because you know I'd like some some you know some credit with them. <laughs> I know. I was surprised when I was signing up. It was like there wasn't like a referral thing, and I was like, "Well, that's weird." You, you'll you'll see with your show. Basically, uh, you, you'll run if you do an ad yourself on your show, and it'll take a while. They they want to see how many listeners you actually get, and they want to kind of get a baseline. But once you're able to to do ads, they kick you a couple of cents, like every for every download. I think uh, after six months of being on it, we're up to wow. I think like eight. Maybe ten dollars somewhere in that ballpark. Yeah, no, money is flowing in. <laughs> nice. Yeah, yeah. No, I've definitely been looking at that because uh, it. It. I got like an email or something saying like you can record an ad now, and I'm like, okay. Oh wow! Already. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> well, I, I. I don't think it was a huge bar. I think it was like two hundred downloads or something like that. Yeah, somewhere in that bar, or or whatever, like actual subscribe listeners or something. I I don't know. I whatever <laughs> whatever metric they had, they just hey, you can do it now. I was like, okay, cool. Here we yeah. go. Yeah. Well, it probably helped too that I was like moving a hundred and thirty some episodes over, and then yes, I'm, and then I'm put sure a couple new ones up that. after that. Oh yeah, perfect. Well, good. Welcome to the anchor family. <laughs> I guess uh, whatever the hell that means, but yeah, the anchor family. <laughs> It really does give the impression that we're going to drag you down, down, down into the cold depths. Look, man, I compared to our last uh, provider, uh, I leaps and bounds better. So I, I'm perfectly content. I had so many problems with the last place and I will not mention their name, but uh, no, the anchor has been very nice. And that is all of the free publicity I'm going to give them now. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Maybe this is the ad. <laughs> oh, there, yes, yes. It's me and you talking sim- about how it worked. <laughs> yes, go ahead and send me the sound on that. That'd be great. <laughs> uh, so one of the things that that I directly credit you and your show for is a while back, you guys were during your drink section, you were drinking a bottle of the Singleton and you were talking about how it was like fruit punchy. And so in my head, I'm like, this is going to taste like fruit punch. And so I went and spent nearly $50 on a bottle of it, opened it, took one smell, and I was like, this doesn't smell like fucking tea and treat. And then took a drink and was like, this is terrible. I spent $50 on this. What have I done? And then three <laughs> drinks later, I was like, this is the best shit I've ever had. Yeah. So our my co-host and I, our, our palates have been wrecked at this point. Or no, not wrecked, I guess uh, conditioned at this point. So when when we get something that's 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 light and fluffy to us, 
So most scotches are a little bit more robust than that. There's a little more spice to it, especially on the back end. It's, uh, you know, it's like when you drink a, 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 you know, any strong alcohol, you know, you get that burn in your nose. Mm -hmm. Well, that the singleton did not have that at all. So we're just sitting there going, oh, wow, I could just drink this all day. I'm going to be in big trouble. <laughs> and that is what I ended up doing with that bottle. <laughs> yes. Once I kind of got used to it. Well, that and also I, I literally Googled how to drink scotch. <laughs> so I was like, if I'm going to fucking drink this, I'm going to at least do it the right way. And and yeah, I ended up settling on just like a, a rocks glass with a really big giant chunk of ice in it. And then maybe about two or three fingers of scotch in it after that. That's perfect. That's and, that's yeah. how that's how you do it. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's you know, it's we we have a, a I have a, a friend of mine who's come on the show a couple of times and he we've he's he's very much a connoisseur of alcohol, especially bottled spirits. Um you go to this guy's house and it is it's a shrine to every type of alcohol you could imagine. He buys the really, really expensive stuff. And he has educated us on a lot of uh, kind of the, the, the rules and the ins and outs of, of uh, you know, uh, dealing with bourbons and scotches and Irish whiskeys and things like that. And the cool part is, and what he always maintains is, look, the best whiskey in the world, the best scotch in the world is whichever one you enjoy the most. And I've always kind of gone with that because he's brought like samples of bottles that cost thousands of dollars. And you're sitting there taking a sip going, well, this is good, but I'd never spend that much money on this. So it's been an interesting education with this. So we've like the, the one that my go-to that I drink most of the time, it's a $34 bottle of, of scotch. And I, and I, I make no apologies for that. Is that monkey shoulder? Yeah. Monkey shoulder. That's that is my <laughs> absolute favorite. Yeah. Cause um, after you recommended that to me, I looked it up and it's like the, the closest liquor store to my house had it in stock and on sale. And I was like, oh, I'm there after work. And I went and got it. And I think I've had two or three bottles of it now. It's good stuff. So you compare that to the Singleton. What What are your notes on there? Uh, the Monkey Shoulder definitely had a little bit more of that spice to it. The The Singleton w did feel smoother to me, but I really liked the taste of the Monkey Shoulder better. Yep. Like I said, a little more robust. And uh, there's nothing wrong with a little bit of fire. You don't want to drink it and then your entire throat and nostrils, your sinuses are all on fire. You don't want that because that's just, yeah, that's drinking turpentine. That's what happens when you drink moonshine. You just, your, <laughs> gotcha. your entire, you know, respiratory system just seizes. Um, but I, I also, on the, on the flip side, like with the singleton, you don't, I don't want something super sweet and there's just no punch to it. And, and again, that was the, the issue we have. It's not that it tastes bad. It's just... You know, I don't feel like I'm drinking alcohol at that point. And I want to taste it. I want flavor. I want to go to flavor town. <laughs> I've I've tried, I think, four different types of scotch now. Because it seems like the smallest I can find anywhere is a 750 milliliter bottle. And yep. and so it's like eh, every every couple of weeks, maybe I'll get a different one. Um, they, do they do they don't sell pipe bottles in your uh, neck of the woods? I, I guess I'll just have to look better the next time I'm there. And They're usually behind the counter there. Yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll have to look the next time I'm there. Yeah, it looked like they had lots of like whiskeys and stuff like that, but I didn't see any scotches that were in the pint bottles. 
the the one that I see the most, uh, Glenn Livet is the one that typically does the the smaller the pint bottles, and and that's another that that's a good drink as well. That's so the that, the bottle I've got right now. That I was oh, I drank a shitload of that recording with Pop Culture Leftovers last night. <laughs> oh, I'm sure that got out of hand. It's like I was done. I was like, what have you done? And I'm like, well, you didn't finish the bottle. Now I'm, I'm like looking at the bottle right now, and I think there's like there's a finger left in the bottom of the bottle. <laughs> it's not you, even you, probably wow, a proper drink. drink. You drank all that in one night? No, 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 no. When I started, oh, okay. it was... Jesus Christ, I was going to say. No, when I started, it was... I mean, it was pretty high up on the label, though. So, I mean, I drank quite a bit of it. I'm a big guy, though, say, too. I'm, like, almost 300 pounds. So, I mean, I can I can put away a lot of booze, even though... But <laughs> it, it, I guess... I don't know. I wonder how much of it's in my genes. <laughs> I think I come from, like, a long line of of, like, drinkers. I've got lots of like Irish and 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 um, Scottish German ancestry, and so I so, wonder yes, if it's, it's just in it's, my genes to where like when I tried Scotch, my body was like, "Oh, we know how to deal with this." Yes, yes, and then, <laughs> and then as time goes on, you start to build a tolerance and you condition yourself, and that's when you become a connoisseur. Most people call it an alcoholic; we call it connoisseur. <laughs> nice distinction. I like that. Um, but what's wild is that as much Scotch as I've drank. I mean, basically, it's just whenever your Singleton episode was, I've been drinking scotch pretty regularly since then, and I've yet to have a single hangover from it. And I'm wondering if it's because of all the water I drink, like, with it, though. And th- and that's why, you know, honestly, that's why I drink it on the rocks, because part, yes, you're, you're proofing it down. So, yes, there's a, a certain amount of, you know, diluting it, and that kind of helps. But also, the big one for me, and maybe this shows how old I am, if I drink it neat, um, I get heartburn like crazy. Oh, that's happened to me before too. Yes, that that kills me. And, and I used to drink all all of that stuff neat, and it just yeah, it's straight fire now, and I can't do it because yay, <laughs> I need to have it a little watered down. Yes, yes, <laughs> and it ch- it changes the flavor profile uh, throughout the drink, and that's that's the neat part of it. It's, you know, starts off nice and strong, and then you get different notes as time you know as as the ice melts. So, but yeah, it, it is it, it you know scotch is a much different hangover. Than bourbon. I don't know how much bourbon you've had. I picked up, oh, I think like nine of the little like 50 milliliter airplane bottles. And so I've tried Jack Daniels, Jim Beam. Uh, I tried, I don't know, Jameson's Irish. Um, uh, Three Roses, I think was one of them. Okay. That, yeah. Uh, the Something Reserve, Hartford, no, Hartford Reserve. That sounds like an insurance company. Actually, there, uh, the I believe there is a. Uh, it's not. Is it Hartford? Yeah, there is a reserve. Um, it's Woodford Reserve. I just Woodford, went to grab the we little go. bottle. Thank you. Thank you. This shows how much I drink bourbon. Uh, Wood, <laughs> I don't Woodford, like it near as well. No, I don't like bourbon because I. I uh, it's got. To, I don't like the finish on it. I never have. But yes, also the it finish. It's like a weird, like perfumey. Like it's almost. I. I. I compared it to blue cheese. How blue cheese leaves a fucked up aftertaste, but it's not like it's the same aftertaste. It's just a funky finish on it. Well, Joe, some of us like the blue cheese finish, you know, on our blue cheese. (laughs) Some of us enjoy blue cheese. I can't eat it by itself, but if I'm dipping a hot wing in it, then I can get down with it. I recall there was some debate at some point about this. I can't, whatever. Anyways, uh, moving on. I, yeah, that's the finish on that is always just too weird for me. It, it's got kind of a turpentine feel to it. So I stay away from it. However, my, my friend who's the connoisseur, you know, he's, he's all about bourbon. 
And bourbon gets proof. I mean, good God, he's God. He showed me a bottle the other day where there was, I think, 180 proof or something like that between 160, 180. And he's always trying to get me to drink bourbon. I will sample it. Um, there have been nights, you know, there, there have been a couple of times where he's given me a bottle of bourbon and I've tried it and oh my God, that hangover the next day is a totally different beast. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, you're, you're, it's all in your head. It's all, it's all headache and, and just you, you can't function. I'd rather have an upset stomach than have, you know, my head pounding like, you know, somebody's taking a sledgehammer to it. Oh yeah. Ugh. I, I always try and drink lots of water. Along with like, I try and drink oh, at least like a half a bottle of water for like each drink. Well, that's very, very responsible of you, Joe. Very. <laughs> I'm in my forties now. I have to think of these things. <laughs> very responsible. As am I. And I probably should be doing that, but <clears throat> yeah. It makes for a good chaser too. Oh, what are, what's that again? Ch- chase. I've, I've heard the word. I, I don't. I don't partake in those, but no, that's neat. I'm glad it works for you. <laughs> that, that dilute the taste too much? No. I, well, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, uh, yeah. pretty much. <laughs> it, 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 it screws up my buzz. That's the problem. <laughs> you get a good buzz going, you drink an entire bottle of water, then the buzz goes down, and now I have to drink more, and, and it's just, yeah. No, that's a whole thing. It's a spiral. <laughs> Oh man. Um, so did you partake in any of like the Christmas morning of movie trailers that we had this week? I did. I did. Um, or Thanksgiving morning or Christmas morning. <laughs> it felt it like Christmas, Christmas yeah. morning because like, there were so uh, many trailers. Okay. Oh, oh, as far as it being a gift. Yes, I, I did. <laughs> um, there were, there were many and I'm trying to remember all of them and I'm blanking. Oh, we had the, there was the Transformers one. Was that like Rise of the Rise of the Beast? Beast. Yes. Yes, yeah. I recall that. That one looked awesome. We had, we had the Indiana Jones 5 Dial of Destiny. Interesting choice of name, but I'll let it go. <laughs> Dial of Destiny. I don't know. I don't know if it's just the single syllable in the first word that throws it off or if it's because when I hear dial I immediately think of that orange soap. Oh. <laughs> nice. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna they're gonna wash up history. They're gonna make it better. Yes. Do you think it's gonna be a time travel movie? No, no, I don't. I I think all of the de aging that they're doing in that is. I think we're gonna do flashbacks. I don't. I'm going with. I think I, I'm a, I'm all in on the. I think the Dial of Destiny is something that turns back time, like a like and a I, time turner from Harry Potter. Then I am out because I hate time travel movies. <laughs> despise them have there been any that have worked for you no there have been i i i you know i i always you know bitch moan and complain about it of course the back to the future movies i love those avengers endgame i was fine with because yeah, i love their explanation of it <laughs> those were the um, two but, i was immediately gonna ask about <laughs> right but like looper looper drove me absolutely I'm, insane i'm with you i didn't like looper either there's just the, the whole time paradox that came along with that. And I, I don't know, I could probably name a couple other ones, but the, you know, I'm, I'm blanking on them, but yeah, come on, let's, let's not do that. We had aliens in the last one. Can we ground it just a little bit more? I know there's always a supernatural element. I get it. And, I, and I'm fine with that, but can we, can we dial it back a bit? Man, I, I really feel like it because 
um, the Mads Mikkelsen's character is basically playing like a Warner Von Braun type character. And so yes. he would have reasons for wanting to get this thing and turn it back and make it so the Nazis won the war. And yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 it's probably way too early after just seeing a teaser trailer and just putting a few things together and saying, 100%, this is where I'm at, but that's what I'm doing with this one. Well, to be honest with you, uh, with Mads Mikkelsen and Boyd Holbrook being in it, that's going to bring me to the party, just oh, for in sure. of itself. It's because I, I love those two guys. I, I love those actors. Yes. I mean, it's Indiana Jones. I'm going to go. Okay. I, I'm, there's no, there's no stopping me. I, I mean, you know, <laughs> I, I went to kingdom of the crystal skull and I was like, yeah, okay. And you know, I, but I, they had, it, it's just, it's, it's ingrained. It's childhood. I mean, you know, there'll never be anything better than the last crusade in my opinion, but, uh, That's you my know, favorite of them as well. I, I just, I, you know, I want to see Harrison Ford's 80 year old ass up there. <laughs> those first three movies man those were like uh that was like a sick day trilogy where if i was sick from school and i needed something that was going to occupy me all day it was either i'm going to watch the original star wars trilogy or i'm going to watch the indiana jones trilogy because i had them both on vhs absolutely no totally agree i same spot same spot i i, I adore those movies <laughs> Curiously, Hook was also in that list for a while, which is weird because I have not revisited that movie in years, nor have I ever had any want to. But I do remember watching that movie a lot when I was sick for some reason. I always am happy when Rufio dies. I, I got to be honest. I cheer. <laughs> I absolutely cheer. Fucking hated that character. He's not a likable character at all. He's not. He's not. I mean, yes, it got us to the point where, you know, Robin Williams and Dustin Poffman decided to fight, which w was fine. It's a nice little catalyst for it. But uh, yeah, no, I, I hated that character. <laughs> I'm going to hell. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. If, if you're going to have a character that's like a dick, he also needs to be kind of funny. Or he needs to have yeah. some other redeeming quality that makes you like him despite the fact that he's a dick. But if your character is just a dick, don't be surprised if none of your audience fucking cares when he dies. Well, and it, it, exactly. It's like, okay, yes, I was hard on you, but I wanted you to be, you know, I was trying to help you achieve whatever goal you were after. And that there really wasn't a moment outside of him, like just, here's your sword, your pan, great. And we move on and that's the end of it. So yeah, no, Rufio, totally okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> this show takes such weird twists and turns. I never would have imagined that we would have been talking about Hook. <laughs> Have you listened to my show? I mean, <laughs> this is what I do. I, you know, you get a cup. Like I'm having my Irish coffee this morning, so I've, I've got. A, I'm a little bit not tipsy, but you know, I'm relaxed, and uh, this is what happens on on my show. I just go off on tangents all over the place. I do have a script. I mean, I try to follow it. I really do, but eh, you know. Man, I've gone into this show before where the guest and I had like a topic that we were going to discuss beforehand and it's then never come up. Nope. <laughs> and it's like, how does this happen? <laughs> it's one word. I could have just written out one word and had it on the monitor in front of me. But no. Yep. Yeah, pretty simple. So, uh, yes, talking about uh, the Transformers, Rise of the Beast, I, I haven't seen Bumblebee. I never saw the last night. I was so done after Extinction that I, I haven't seen the other ones. Now, as I understand it, Bumblebee was okay. 
I saw Bumblebee. I didn't see any of those. I I saw the first Bay Bay one, and then was like, eh, I don't really care. And then I watched Bumblebee, and Bumblebee actually had like a really good story for like the people in it and for the Transformers in it, and it was it was a legitimately good movie, and, it, and also Haley Steinfeld. Yeah, yeah, and she's she's always great. And I, as I understand it, it was a little more kind of G one, you know, uh, Transformer appearance. It's, uh, Optimus Prime actually looked like you know Optimus Prime did in, in the the uh, the original series. Yeah. Okay. And I noticed that in the trailer for Rise of the Beast. So I, I, I don't know. I've been burned so many times with these movies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm super just, excited to see it in the theater. I'll, I'll be, you know, catching it on the biggest screen with like the loudest sound that I can get it on. Um, I'm generally not like a huge Transformers fan. I mean, I, I, I recognize the IP and, you know, I grew up in the 80s, 90s, so I grew up with it. But like I for whatever reason, my parents didn't buy me a lot of Transformers toys and stuff. So it was one of those things that I was always kind of more tan tran, or more tangential to the the IP actually. <laughs> Something like that. And uh and so this one, I'm actually the trailer legitimately got me excited to see it. I was like, damn it, the CGI looks really, really good. Um, a handful of the, the things that they showed with Optimus Prime, like when that face mask popped onto his face, the whole battle se- sequence at the end just looked bonkers. Yeah, it'll just yeah. be a question of usually in movies like this, the the human storyline is what loses me. In in Transformers, Bumblebee's the only one where it worked. In like all of like the Godzilla movies, like Godzilla versus Kong, all the human storyline stuff in it, I'm just like yawn. I don't, I don't care. So it's like, could you please write something where both parts are equally interesting? Joe, you and I are of one mind. <laughs> I, the last time I checked, Transformers was about giant robots, right? Yeah. Not Shia Le- douchebag and his girlfriend or whatever drama is going on. I don't give a shit. Yeah. About what all that stuff doing. was so boring. Let's make it about the robots. Can we not, not Mark Wahlberg or, or his family or TJ Miller getting melted or whatever the hell that, that, that happened in the fourth one. Uh, God, I can't believe I still remember that, but uh, yeah, no, let's make it about the robots and can we just watch them fight? Cause that's how, how much was, uh, what, what was uh, spike? How much was spike involved in the, the, the cartoon? I mean, really? No, yeah, no clue. Very little, <laughs> very little. <laughs> Hey, look, it's size comparison. They're big. He's small. Let's move on with the plot, shall we? I need to go back and revisit that original movie. Yeah. It's been far too long since I saw it. The cartoon or the? Yes. uh, Okay. Well, the cartoon from the 80s. Okay. Yeah. The series, you you watch that. And then, of course, the Transformers animated movie was um, heartbreaking. Um, but honestly, it, it hasn't aged well. I mean, it's been a long time since I did a rewatch, but it, it's it's hokey as shit. Oh, that's too bad. I remember when I tried to do a rewatch of He Man. I was all excited when I saw him on Netflix. Oh, and yeah. like I I've um this was years ago. My my I have two boys. They're uh, twelve and fourteen, nearly fifteen. And um, a while this would have been probably like four or five years ago or so. I got all excited and I was like, you guys got to watch this. This was my favorite cartoon when I was a kid. We didn't even make it through the first episode. I was like, never mind. This is terrible. It lives better in my imagination than it does on, on streaming. 
Right. Did you catch, uh, uh, what was it, uh, the Kevin Smith uh, one on Netflix, Revelations? Oh, no. I've not watched it yet, but I heard good things about it. That's legitimately good. It's 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 grown up, and, and yeah, it's it's not as cheese ball. Actually, I wouldn't even call it cheesy at all. It's like a straight up, you know, legitimate movie, or sorry, series. Nice. Okay, I'm gonna have to. Did that come out this year? Also, yes. Yeah, I don't know. I it's it's like I went through a time warp. But this year. I mean, we all went through the time warp with the pandemic, but then I feel like my fucking sense of figuring out when shit happened is so loopy. The other day I looked up some movie and it was like 2019 and I was like, holy shit. Because I was like, did that come out this year? <laughs> 2019. Yeah, I, I, the last two years have been a complete blur. So I don't even, I, I, I'm in denial. It's December already. So there's that. Oh, dude, I was tripping out about that yesterday. I was like, in less then 30 days it's going to be 2023 what the fuck i i don't know i it just seems to me the older you get the faster you know time goes goes by i just remember as a kid everything dragged on and now as an adult it's like wait how it's the end of the year wait i i i've done nothing oh yeah no i think it's cuz when you're a kid you don't have as strong of a concept of time because and that's why childhood like summers and stuff like that felt timeless because you didn't have any responsibilities. There was no, oh, it it's 7 o'clock, I got to be to work. And then at noon, I'm going to take my lunch break. And then at 1230, it's back to the grind again. And all that shit. Oh, I'm I'm got to get through this week so that I can have two days of freedom on the weekend. Got to get through the next six weeks. Then I get a week off work, you know. I, I think that's just how it works. Because now I've noticed that when my, my parents are retired now, they are having less of a concept of time. <laughs> like they have no idea what day of the week it is most times oh i envy them i know so much <laughs> and they've worked hard and they deserve it and i'm very happy for them and right. so whenever i see things on social media if they're like you know getting the dogs out walking somewhere in nature or something like that because i'm always telling them places they should go hiking and so i'm always happy for them because it's like god you guys worked your asses off for you know years and years and years so now enjoy retirement and may you please stay healthy as long as possible I, I'm sorry again. This is another word I don't understand. Retirement. I mean, we we talked about chaser and we explained that, but retirement. I, I've never heard of this concept. Is this something that we may be able to do? I, I was. I don't know if it'll be attainable for our generation or not. But yeah. damn, it would be nice. Wouldn't that be lovely? Yeah. No. It's, it's apparently, you're supposed to like save money for that, and I, I don't know. It's a concept I'm unfamiliar with. <laughs> I know the last time I looked at my 401k, I was like, oh, I really wish there was a lot more money than that in there. Yeah. No, I, I just avoid it. <laughs> um, oh, where was I? I was going to go somewhere or something. Hey, I, we, there was one trailer we didn't talk about. I'm, I'm, I'm circling this back because there's yes, one of my please, favorite trailers. Because I totally forgot uh, what I was going to talk about otherwise. <laughs> my, 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 of course, the, the big one was the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy 3 trailer. Yes. And, uh, oh, I had to get the tissues out for that one. Dude, it looks like it's going to be, it looks like it's going to be very emotional towards the end. And the, 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 the scene that struck me the most in it is towards the end of it where it's showing Quill and it, it's right after it looks like it shows some sort of like surgical implement or like he's instrument screaming. or something that's like dripping blood. And then it yeah. shows Quill and he's like screaming in anguish. And so the thing I keep going back to is what? character death would impact him the most to make him freak out like that 
I know that the, the general consensus is rocket for a lot of people. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I know. I, I, none of these guys are coming back. I mean, none of them, I, I don't think, uh, so the, it's, it's roll of the dice at this point. I mean, it, I, because again, you know, Batista's made it very clear he's not coming back. I again, I don't see any reason why Pratt's going to. Now, now that James Gunn's gone, nobody, you know, none of them want to want to do this again. So I, I don't know. Mantis maybe because sister. That's oh. where I'm leaning, and for that reason, okay. because he just found out. You know, spoilers for the holiday special if you haven't seen it yet. But Mantis is Quill's sister, and so I mean, like the death of like a, a legitimate family member really could be something that would push him to that. And also Mantis is, she's got unique powers. Maybe that's something that the high evolutionary would want to dissect and figure out how he can take that or something. I don't know. Right. Right. But, uh, they, they had to use space hog, which is what uh, that song in the meantime, I, I, I love that song. Yes. I, I've got it on my, <laughs> you know, I, it's on my phone. I've had it for years now and the, the, the kind of the mix they did of it, I, it's just like, oh God, this is going to be rough. I, <laughs> this is going to be really, really rough. Yeah. It's going to be very, very emotional. And I'm so excited for it though. The, those first two guardian movies are, they're like in my top echelon of MCU movies. And, and I go back and forth on, uh, you know, whenever I think about it, on which one I like more. Cause I can come up with so many reasons why the first one's better. And then I can come up with so many reasons on why the second one's better. And so, so to me, it's like, nah, they're just, it's peanut butter and jelly. They're just better together. Like if you're going to watch the first one, go ahead and watch the second one next. And I yeah. really hope that this volume three fits into that, but I'll tell you what, James Gunn's been on fire lately. What did you think of the suicide squad on um, the DC movie? Uh, amazing. <laughs> yes. It was so fucking good. Absolutely was, amazing. The humor was yeah. on point. It had like just the right amount of gore <laughs> and like craziness in it. I mean, it was it was a a, a perfect like James Gunn movie. And so yes. it's like he's not lost the touch at all. And he's gone on record multiple times saying that that Rocket is his favorite character that he's ever written. And so I can only imagine what sort of swan song he's going to give him in this. Oh God, he's doomed. Oh shit. Okay. I yeah. I know you're supposed to kill your darlings, but man, as a as a writer, like I fucking I don't I don't want to kill my main character. That's something I don't relate to at all. <laughs> Do you want to kill your main character, your favorite character in something you're writing? It de- it depends on who Lord Feige uh, decides needs to die. I'm sure I'm sure Jimmy walked up there and said, "Okay, here's my ideas. Uh, I, I want to kill this one and, you know, if 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 uh Kevin, you know, sat there and went, mm, no, because they might have other plans down the road. I don't know, marketing and whatnot. But uh, yeah, no, I this even is considered uh, that. Oh, yeah. I mean, they give him a lot. They give James Gunn a lot of latitude. But ultimately, Feige's going to make the decision on that because they may have plans for Rocket down the road. Yeah, that's true. And also, yeah. it's a it is a character that, you know, even um um, um, totally. Sean Gunn does the mocap for that. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so you'd think that maybe he's not going to be sticking around when James Gunn isn't there anymore, but you would think that they could get someone else to do the mocap on it. Cause it, at least it is I'm still, it's still, it's still a CGI character. Right. And he's also a really beloved character too. 
Um, I love Craglin. He's like one of my favorite characters in, in the in the movies. I know he doesn't get a lot of time, but I thought he was great in the holiday special. And obviously, <laughs> yeah. they gave him a little bit more in volume two. So, yeah, no, I, I love that character. Oh, man. Yeah, I can't wait for volume three. And I got high yeah. hopes for it. Yeah. Well, I, it's like, and, I, and I'm with you, volume one and two, I s- rarely say this, but the, those are pretty much flawless films, in my opinion. They're really, I don't have anything legitimate to bitch about them. Um, I think that uh, I, I, two is the one that I like the most and only because I'm a big crybaby and Yondu dying at the end, I lost my shit. So I just from an emotional standpoint, I thought two had a little bit more of a punch. But but again, I love both of those films. And also Kurt Russell being in the second one was such a better villain than Ronan. Oh, yes, absolutely. Poor Lee Pace. They gave him nothing to do. There's a real bummer because that guy's phenomenal. Um, Yeah. Did you see Bodies, Bodies, Bodies? I did not. No. He was my favorite part of that movie. And he's not in it very much. I, that movie was like, it was like, this is the highbrow horror movie for the new the new time that we're living in. And I was like, I saw what was going on in this movie halfway through and I was severely unimpressed with the rest of it. Like, I didn't enjoy that near as much as everybody else did. It wasn't highbrow enough for you? For I, I was like, okay, I see, I see what's going on here. And I'm not impressed. I, I came to see a fucking slasher movie. <laughs> <laughs> so I was fucking annoyed with when it turned out that I was right. I was like, I'm annoyed that this is what's going on in this movie. Well, fi- funny we should mention Lee Pace. So as I'm walking out the door of my house this morning, um, my daughter is watching the live action Marmaduke movie from like 2010. It's the one Owen Wilson did the voice. Holy Lee shit, Pace. I forgot that, that was Lee- a thing. Lee Pace is in that movie. <laughs> and I saw him. I was like, well, that's Lee Pace. That's and then I awesome. walked out the door. Yeah. So uh, full circle. Live action Marmaduke. Holy shit. Well, I mean, yeah. hey, at least he probably collected a much bigger paycheck on Ronan. I, I'm sure he did. <laughs> you never know. And you it was kind of cool that he popped back up for that small bit in Captain Marvel. Yes. Yes. I did. I did enjoy that. I did. Yeah. No, I, I, I thought that was a neat callback. Especially because the way that that movie ended, if I'm remembering correctly, didn't they make it seem like like Ronan was going to be coming back to Earth? Yes. So that, I that, was, that, we'll, that was my opinion as well. Yeah, I wonder if we'll we'll get another movie like that at some point where he'll be in it again. No yep. more prequels. No. <laughs> well, <laughs> no, no, no. So that We're totally not, didn't work for you at all when they did that with Black I'm, Widow? No, not at all. I, I really... <clears throat> That was to me my my least favorite MCU film until Eternals came out, and, and now it's number two as far as my least favorite uh, MCU movies. I, I just there were so many problems I had with it. I don't get me wrong, Florence Pugh, amazing in that. David Harbour loved him in it, um, and 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 there was nothing wrong with Scar Joe, and I just thought it was a bad story. And it just didn't make sense to have it be sandwiched in between the two, you know, between uh, uh, Civil War and, and, and Infinity War. And yeah, I just and, and maybe it's because the because it got delayed so many times. But yeah, ultimately, it just didn't work for me. Now, if it would have come out like in the proper place in that timeline, if it would have come out, say, before Infinity War. And maybe if it didn't have like a Harvey Weinstein-esque villain, do you think you'd have liked it more? 
Yeah, I think it would have had more relevance. Yeah, I I I would have preferred it to have been that way. The, my biggest complaint about that movie was I didn't like the villain. Oh and, no, Ray Win- I, and I love Ray Winstone, but you know that that guy was just a fucking creeper. That's it was, all. It was, it was too totally gross fun. for me. And, yeah. and also, I really think that they they took a swing and a miss with Taskmaster. They could have made Taskmaster far more interesting. You just hit on one of the, my biggest issues with that film. Taskmaster is a much more interesting character than than how they betray, portrayed that character. Uh, it, yeah, God, that irritated the shit out of me. It's such an interesting power set, too. And it, it's the way they did it in the movie, it was almost like a Johnny Mnemonic type thing. <laughs> it's like, we're yeah. going to plug you in, you're going to learn all this choreography, and then you're going to go kick some ass. Because it because in the top in the comics, I mean, that character it just has a motor mouth almost as bad as uh, as Deadpool, uh, not <laughs> as funny per se, but it, it's still he, he talks very, mad shit, right? He talks mad shit, yeah. So <laughs> having to be, you know, what's his nuts his daughter? It's like okay, well, fuck that character up. It's Good completely job. silent. That says nothing. They like they made like a silent Bob villain. <laughs> mm. Reminds me of Deadpool in this other movie where his <laughs> mouth was so shut. I can't remember. No, I did. That was PTSD. I'm moving uh, on. Man, that movie's laughably bad. It's one that, uh, for as bad as it is, I think I've seen it like maybe a half dozen times. It's no shit, right? There's no That's, excuse. <laughs> no, there's none. For whatever reason, yeah, I've seen that so many times. It's it's like what 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 the fuck is? There's so many other things I'm missing right now. But why am I? Why, oh yeah, because it's hilarious. That's why. <laughs> and also, you know, it it came out a long ass time ago. When it came out, we didn't have this this like huge breadth of awesome comic book movies that we you know now are totally spoiled with. Right. And I, and I was thinking about that the other day was that we had this, this kind of run early, early two thousands, but we'll call it pre, you know, pre Iron Man where hits and misses all around, you know, Dolph Lundgren, Punisher, amazing movie. Um, but there were so many, you know, <laughs> we were so slowly, you know, trying to get the spot. You had the Raimi Spider-Man movies, which were, you know, they're fine. Um, it, it's really hard to like those now. But, uh, I still you really know, enjoy the first two. I, I've never been two, able to get into the third one. Two, two is the highlight, in my opinion. But we get to, like, X-Men. I remember the first X-Men came out. I was like, okay, wow, they they got close. That's that's wonderful. They got close. Appreciate it. Good job, Brian Singer. Uh, but, it, okay, Hugh Jackman, revelation. He was amazing as Wolverine. Had to look everything else. But then you get to Avengers, right? And you're sitting there. And or at least I'm sitting there and I'm seeing Avengers opening night and and you get to the final battle with the Chitari and they do the whole, you know, Hulk, you know, I'm always angry thing. And then we do the pose. And I just remember sitting there, you know, tears going down my eyes going, hey, somebody finally figured out how to make a fucking comic book movie. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, that movie was like a revel was, uh, was it revolutionary. It was a revelation. I mean, revelation. it was, yes, it, it, it was just, <laughs> yeah, they, they finally got their shit together and, and it just, it, everything that came prior to, you know, minus the other MCU movies, but everything came prior to, you're just like, yeah, they're, they're just hard to watch now they, they really are. Man, I'm trying to think of, I did go back and rewatch the fantastic four movies and, and yeah, they didn't really hold up all that well. 
I don't hate them as much as I probably should. I just, again, it's one of those you have a couple drinks and you laugh your ass off. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't hate them, but I don't yeah. like them. <laughs> like, like I will never go back and rewatch fan, like the Josh Trank one. Oh, never, ever. <laughs> fan oh, four God, stick. Ever again. Yes. <laughs> oh, Jesus. God, that movie was bad. I watched, that's one of those movies that I, I've only watched it once. And when it was over, I was like, I will never revisit this again. I'm so glad I waited and just saw this for free because it was on HBO or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, a total 100% agree. And and it's not that, you know, pre-MCU movies, not all of them were terrible. Again, I, you know, I talk about the Spider-Man movies. The original Blade. Yes. Blade 2. Those were fucking awesome movies and they were incredibly well done uh, dude mahershala ali he's, he's got some big shoes to fill we'll, we'll not talk about blade trinity but we'll you know <laughs> the, the, those two first two blades are solid movies that still still stand up in my opinion oh my god have you ever looked up on youtube uh pat oswald blade three of course. And listen oh, to him talk about the, the shit stories, show that it was on the set. Oh, the stories <laughs> about Blade 3 are some of my favorite. I, I just love that <laughs> David Boyer and, and Wesley Snipes were communicating via uh, uh, post-it notes. And yes. that was it. And and Wesley Snipes was signing them all Blade. <laughs> yes. He's method. Come on, man. He's, method. Dan- He's like Daniel Day-Lewis. He's just method as shit. <laughs> Oh God! You what? What is the first role that pops into your head when you hear the word Daniel Day Lewis? Uh, Gangs of New York. Same. Always. Same. Yeah. It's always Gangs of New York, dude. He was yeah. so fucking chilling in that role. Not just chilling, but also it's like you really liked him, but oh, you yeah. knew that you should not be liking this guy because he is the bad guy. And then the way that the movie pans out, it's it's just fucking. It's a beautiful performance. That's uh, one of his his best, in my opinion. Yes, those are, that's one of those where you're rooting for the bad guy, kind of. I mean, you're just like he's so evil that you love him. Oh, uh, uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's got some line in that movie where he says it's a strange feeling to be taken under the wing of a dragon. It's warmer than you'd expect, and it's like oh, it's like just perfectly describes that character so well. That's a good line. That's a good. Line. I forgot about that that's one. Brilliant. <laughs> wow, Scor- Scorsese can do good movies. Yeah, that's right. Let's get him an MCU movie. I think that'll make him happy. <laughs> I'll tell you what. I bet Scorsese could do a really good Batman movie, especially if you're like looking in like year one type Batman type stuff, Batman versus the mob. I bet yeah. he could do a very good one. Well, here's the thing. If I remember correctly, at one point, Marty was tied to Joker when DiCaprio was potentially going to play. This was before Todd Phillips was brought in or Joaquin Phoenix. I I remember reading something about that in the Wayback Machine. So, Marty, are we just mad because you didn't get to go forward with the project? I, I don't know. I, you know. (laughs) <laughs> I, I just it, I just wish Scorsese and Tarantino would shut the fuck up and just stick to what they do and let, let's have the MCU do the, their thing. You go do your thing and everybody's happy. I listened to that one interview with Tarantino. He was on uh, the podcast Your Mom's House with um, uh, with uh, talking to Tom Segura. Okay. And when he brought up the Marvel stuff, uh, he said something along the lines of like I read. I loved Marvel comic books when I was a kid, but I'm an old man now, so I don't care about them now. And it's and to me, I was like, that's just sad. <laughs> it's like as much as you love movies and cinema and stories and stuff, you're discounting like 
beloved stories from your childhood that are being depicted on the screen like really well in some cases not every case <laughs> you brought up like eternals earlier that was not something that i'm in a hurry to revisit but well he you know and, and of course i i don't think i don't know if it was that interview he did but at one point he said look you know if i were to do you know a marvel film it would be like nick fury and the hell and commandos and it's like Okay, so if you could do one, so is this FOMO? I mean, what what are we talking about here? And then one of my favorite films of all time is, is True Romance. Okay, and he he didn't direct that; he wrote the screenplay for it. But the guy works in a comic shop, and he actually talks about a story in uh, I think it was Nick Fury and the Hell and Commandos, or or something to do with Nick Fury. And it's like he, he had some roots in comics. He he does love comics. So I, I don't know. It's really hard to take him seriously considering he was on the cusp of selling out to do a Star Trek film. So <laughs> God, mm. that would have been a terrible movie too. Like I loved I, I love Quentin, but he needs to just stick with his own shit. I don't, I don't Yeah. Know, I don't know how well it would translate into him doing somebody else's IP. I, I yeah. Yeah, seriously, st- stick to your original work, okay? It, it, his track record is is pretty good. Oh, dude, I just revisited Django Unchained last week. Amazing film. Amazing. <laughs> so it's so good. That yeah. that part where where it's kind of in the middle of the movie, second act stuff, where they go and he confronts those slavers that previously, you know, whipped his wife and he was like begging yeah. for the guy to stop. And then he goes and shoots that guy and then he picks up the whip and starts whipping the other guy. It about mm-hmm. made me roll a tear. It was so fucking perfect. I was like, God damn, I forgot how good this movie is. That, it's it's intense. It's a very intense film. And, and it's not just because of the you know gratuitous violence. It's, the subject matter is incredibly intense. And yes, there, there are several moments like that where you're just, you're having, it's, it's an emotional journey that you go on, <laughs> you know, with that one. Uh, my, mine is, a, my favorite of his is Inglorious Bastards. It's oh just, yeah, I love that one. Yeah, it's an amazing, amazing movie. His last film he did, I was not a fan of, but oh, you didn't like? I was, I, I uh, right after finishing Django, I watched Once Upon a Time in Hollywood again. I loved that one. No, it's great. I want thirty-five minutes of you know him sitting in the backseat of a car filming Brad Pitt driving around Hollywood. It's wonderful. What a great <laughs> film. We couldn't I, cut some of that out, really? I, I loved what a slow burn it was because to uh, me, to me, the entire movie is to just set up why these people are where they are for the last 10 minutes of the movie. Cause that movie's all about that last little bit. And I will agree with that. And the whole movie is just, why are these people all here this night? How, this, this is why this went down. And it was so fucking brilliant. And the music that went along with it for that final scene. Yeah. So let's shave about an hour off of this and <laughs> I'm fine. We'll get to the last 10 minutes again, which is great. I just, you know, I watch that scene on YouTube occasionally just to go, <laughs> that's good. And, but yeah, no, that movie was way too long and just, there were just too many scenes that I thought were pointless to the story, but I love the guy that played Bruce Lee. I thought he was great. Oh yeah. <laughs> that whole scene was great. <laughs> I think uh, I think Tarantino was on uh, Rogan's podcast not too long after that movie came out, and they were talking about uh, Bruce Lee's daughter being very upset about that scene. Interesting. Yeah, hmm. she she was kind of the opinion of my dad wasn't like that, and it's like, do you really not? You you have no idea what your father is like when he's around a bunch of other coworkers. 
Yeah. You know, like I've, I've hung out with my dad when he's around with his friends. He's not the same as when he's just hanging out with me and them. It's totally different. Yeah, no, totally different. It's the same thing with my work. I mean, I'm, (laughs) I'm completely different in my job than I am when I go home. My, my family would be horrified. It's how I am, you know, when I'm working. Um, (laughs) Honey, don't listen to this, please. (laughs) So yeah, that was why I immediately kind of discounted that. It's like, look, I'd understand you don't want to see anything that would portray you know, a, a a parent that has passed on in any sort of a negative light, but I really didn't see it as like a negative. It, it's common sense. It's it's you know, was it force equals weight or mass plus acceleration or something like that? So it's like if you're like a hundred pound dude and you're going up against somebody that outweighs you quite a bit, if they get their hands on you, they're gonna throw you <laughs> and you're gonna crash into the side of like a wall or a car or something like that. If you're going to fight Achilles, just expect to lose. Okay. That's, that's come on, bottom line. But I mean, also it's like, look at, look at the, look at, um, like UFC. How often is there a Wing Chun champion? It's like, no, it's, it's, it's a lot of times it's brute force shit. It's people getting picked up and slammed to the ground and then choked unconscious. Right. There's a reason there's weight classes, number one. But yes, number two, uh, most guys employ the Brock Lesnar school, which is just lay on top of them and hit them. <laughs> I mean, that's I, – I outweigh you. I'm bigger than you, and I'm just going to land on top of you and just pound your head in, and then I win. <laughs> He's got that big Easter Island head too, so like you can just keep Jeez. throwing fucking fists into this stone fucking forehead. It's not yeah. going anywhere. Yeah. No, Dude, that guy didn't look human. Still doesn't. So big. Yeah. No, he's uh, and w- what a charming individual as well. So that's that's why I I don't watch <laughs> MMA anymore. Wait, he's not even there anymore. But kind of, kind of avoid uh, avoid pro wrestling now too. I've never got into pro wrestling. I I followed MMA for a little bit, but I mean it was like fucking twenty years ago or something like that. So it's like I know nothing about what's going on in it anymore. And like. I used to listen to Rogan's podcast quite a bit. When he moved over to Spotify, I, I, it's then it's like I, it's hit or miss. Like depending on the guest, I I might listen to it. But back in the day, there'd be times where he'd have a guest on, and they'd go on tangents talking about fights, and I'd just fucking tune out. I'm like, you guys are, you might as well be speaking a different fucking language right now. Right, right. No, <laughs> I have no I, idea who any of these names are. You're saying <laughs> nothing's registering in my brain. It's just all well, yada yada. It, it, it's the same thing with boxing anymore. Nobody knows any boxers. I mean, you, you go back, you know, 20 plus years ago and farther than that, 30 years ago, I could rattle off some names of some boxers and you go, Oh, I know who that is. You know, but now I, I don't even know who the hell the heavyweight champion is. I, I, I know it's been split off into several different directions, but I mean, I, I don't know who these people are. And it's the same thing with the UFC. If anything, the shelf life on UFC fighters is even shorter than they are on boxers, mostly because they fight like almost every month or every other month. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know who the hell these people are. I know who, uh, I know what Jake Paul did a boxing match with Anderson Silva. And I know who Anderson Silva was back from his MMA days, but he's like, what, in his mid 40s now? So, yeah, I mean, I, I watched when Randy Couture was fighting. That, that tells you anything, how far back, you know, I, I was watching it. But now, fuck, I don't know who these guys are. I think these Jake, I think those Jake Paul fights are bullshit. 
especially when he's fighting an MMA person. It's like, we're going to come in and box. It's like, you pusshole, go in there and fight them MMA. I agree. You're half their fucking age. You're I like agree. inviting an old man to a boxing match. You're a fucking dick. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Fight, fight them in their, you know, what you, you want to be a badass. You, you know, you've gone from an actor that was on a Di- Disney show called Bizarre Bark, which still creeps me out. Um, and <laughs> this then is the first could, time now, in my you know, life I've heard that word. <laughs> oh, oh, bizarre. Oh, yeah, no, this is a show my daughter was into. And it's actually uh, Olivia Rodrigo was on this show as well. She's like actually the star with another person. But uh, J- J- uh, uh, this was not Jake. Was it Jake? There's Logan and there's Jake. I think it was Jake Paul was on there and you wouldn't recognize him. He's so young in that. And, and, you know, and then something happened, probably something that, that his brother did. He ended up getting knocked out of the show. They, they, they fired him. And so he was gone. So yes, to have him resurface looking completely unrecognizable, I I like his workout regimen, I guess it's really good. I don't know if it's just a lot of whey and protein or steroids. I don't know what, but yeah, to have these guys now that are, that are challenging these retired MMA fighters or just retired fighters in general. Um, cause I think Logan fought Merriweather, didn't he? If I remember correctly. Yeah, he might've, I, I don't pay the closest attention to it. Cause I'm like, it's somebody, right. it's half their age fighting somebody. It's, it just seems right. to me, it seems wrong. <laughs> it's like, you know, I, it, it, it's it, spectacle. It, it, that's all it is. It's a spectacle. And in my opinion, it's a lose-lose scenario. Either yes. you go in there and you beat up a person who could maybe be described as elderly, or you go in there and you get your ass kicked by somebody who could maybe be described as elderly. Which 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 way do you want to lose? Right. But no, then I they're agree. probably saying, dude, we're, we're making millions of dollars. We're winning. And it's like only because there's a bunch of shit stains in this country that want to watch that. That will pay money to do so. Yeah. That's, that's the thing. It's one thing to, you know, like back in the day to have Evander Holyfield and George Foreman, you know, come out of retirement to box each other. Okay. They're both of that same, you know, age and that's, that's fine. Yeah. You know, that, that was an exciting fight. And it's like, oh, look at this stuff. It's, it's, they're on the same level. Right. Yeah. Right. But yes, now it's, it's these, these young guys that want to, f- you know, fight all these retired guys. And I just once I'd like to see. One of them challenge, you know, Mike Tyson to something and Tyson come out and just, yeah, destroy them. <laughs> that would be incredible. <laughs> At a minimum, rip their ear off, whatever. But, you know, that, well, that would be good time. That one dude on that plane proved that there's still people out there dumb enough to challenge him. Dude, Michael, knock you on your ass, man. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm not, it, I'm not messing with any former boxers. I mean, Ew. again, these are people that are paid to knock people out. Oh, yeah. That, yeah. That that skill set does not go away. Oh, so, dude. No, no I, thank you. I remember getting in the ring with like a friend of mine that boxed in high school. And then like within like 20 seconds, I was like, no, stop, stop, stop. Jesus, stop hitting me. Fuck. <laughs> like, this, yeah. is, this is not fun at all. <laughs> yeah. And uh, if you've ever had your bell rung, like where you, you know, they, they hit you right in that jaw and, or, you know, the that have that good, you know, like little Mac knocking glass Joe out. You know, if you ever had anybody <laughs> act like that. It's an interesting experience because the lights go out. <laughs> I've never been knocked out. I've, I've been uh, punched uh, in the face a handful of times. Uh, the last time somebody punched me in the face, I ate it and laughed. And I, I think I said something along the lines of, my younger sisters hit me harder than that. Like, what oh, the wow. fuck? Wow. <laughs> and That's Jamie, cold. like, fucking started vo- like varsity volleyball her freshman year. She was, like, oh, wow. one of the tallest girls on the team. So, like, 
like growing up with a younger sister that was athletic, if I made her mad enough to where she hit me, it fucking she could throw a punch. Like it was legit. I never really worried about her. <laughs> I knew if somebody fucked with her, she was probably going to beat the shit out of them. You didn't, you didn't, you didn't need to be the protective brother. No, I did not need to. That and also, like, I was the one who was, you know, if anything, I needed a protectable brother. <laughs> yeah, the amount of times I ran my mouth. What was great is I, I had, um, I have twins uh, that are in the family that are older cousins. They're just a couple of years older than me. And they grew up in, in Cedar Rapids, which is kind of, it's like the second most populous city in Iowa. I grew up in Center Point, which is like a tiny little fucking small town i think when i was growing up there was like maybe 1500 people there or so there was like 100 people in my graduating class uh but i was always really cocky a lot talked mad shit and um my cousins were always like oh, i'd like to see you get in a fight sometime you're always so cocky i think you know i think you'd be so scared and then they actually saw me and my friends get in a fight one time and they were freaking the fuck out because it was like four on four and me and my friends kicked the ever-living shit out of those guys <laughs> And that was the dude who I ate the punch from and then laughed. I was like, what the fuck was that? He knocked my glasses off. And so that was the part that sucked. I was like, ah, having glasses was really a fucking disadvantage in a fight. Wow. A four on four. That's impressive. Yeah. For small town, Iowa, it was pretty, they're in this shitty little yellow Datsun truck and they had these speakers, (laughs) like house speakers rigged up in the back. And these were kids that were from another small town that was a few up, uh, or a few minutes away from us. And they were driving up and down Main Street blasting Dr. Dre the Chronic. And, you know, oh, flipping God. shit at us. And we're we're all <laughs> okay, picture us. This is this is uh mid-90s. We're all wearing giant Jenko jeans with big wallet chains, big baggy shirts. We all got skateboards. Oh, I remember, sir. I remember. <laughs> and so we're hanging out. And these kids are driving by all around our age, yelling shit. We're yelling shit back. And then they just stop in the middle of the street and they pile out of the truck and come running at us. And one of them had a billy club and um, it turned into like a full on fucking street brawl for a little bit until some lady in an apartment up high yelled, I called the cops. And then we all scattered. And and where is it you this was again? Small town Iowa. <laughs> wow, this sounds dangerous. It was sounds pretty fucking. It was there. pretty fucking crazy. Uh, the the one kid with the billy club, um, my buddy Brandon. I remember he took the billy club on his forearm, like he just Ow. blocked it. Held up his forearm and blocked it. And then the kid then panicked when he when Brandon blocked it, and so he dropped it. And Brandon was wearing steel toed penny loafers. And like he was <laughs> kicking the shit out of these people. Yeah, yeah, believe that. Steel toed penny loafers. Never seen something like it in my life. Had the little slot on the tongue for the penny and everything. It was fucking weird. And <laughs> kicked the living shit out of this this dude that that swung the billy club at him. And then uh my other friend pulled a wallet chain off, and this wallet chain went down like past his knee. And so he doubled that chain up, just holding his wallet in his hand, and he was whipping this kid with the fucking chain. Well, that was the only reason you'd have a wallet chain was for a fight. I yeah. mean, that's that's why I always had one. <laughs> and, and, don't get, and I'm making myself sound like I'm all hardcore. I was not hard, hardcore. That was more of a defensive thing so I could whack somebody and run away as fast as I could. So that <laughs> wasn't hard. Trust me. I was, I was, you know, over six feet tall but weighed about 95 pounds. So, no. <laughs> that was, the, that was the gnarliest fight that, that me and my friends ever got in. And that, that one was wild. I thought we were going to get in trouble for sure. For that, and, and I'm and I'm sorry. How old were you again at that point? Oh shit, we were probably like fourteen or 15, fourteen. I would guess right. thirteen right. or fourteen, yeah. somewhere in that age. J- junior high. Yes, it was junior high. 
yeah, whatever equivalent you guys have. But. Yeah, so this probably would have been like 93, 94, somewhere in there. Because it seemed like then once we got closer to the later 90s, that's when I was hearing about kids getting in fights and then cops showing up at their house. And that's where I was like, well, I guess I'm done getting in fights. I don't want to have the fucking cops coming and knocking on the door. And so well, then- Joe, Joe, back when we were boys, you know, back back in the day, you could settle things in the schoolyard and you weren't suspended or, or you know, uh, uh, taken to jail or, you know, nobody pulled a gun out. You could just beat it. No, I'm kidding. I'm sounding like that old, <laughs> fucking old guy now. When I was a boy. Yeah. <laughs> well, so then I changed tactics because up to that point, it was like if someone wanted to get in a fight, it was like, oh, we're throwing fucking fisticuffs. Here we go, bitch. And then well, I didn't want to get in trouble anymore. And so then I like turned to like the Jedi way. And I was like, you don't want to get in a fight with me. <laughs> Why would we want to get in a fight? We'll just get in trouble. We'll both be all bruised up and bloody later. Why don't we just not get in a fight instead? And then the, somehow that worked the vast majority of the time. And people just be, oh, okay. Okay, cool. I still think you're a bitch. That's that's cool. You can think I'm a bitch. <laughs> well, <that's, laughs> like that, the, the you, trick was not letting your ego get involved. Exactly. And that's as you got older, you realized, you know, there are consequences to my actions. Maybe we avoid this and just <laughs> grow a thicker skin. That's what it was. It was then it was getting mature enough to realize that I didn't want to pay for the consequences of what was going to happen. Um, there, dude, there's this time I got in a fight with this kid in middle school and I dislocated his fucking jaw. Like I, I, I you, you do that shit when you're closer to 18, you're going to go to fucking jail. You oh, might go to a fucking oh, prison. No, totally. That's, that's aggravated assault at that point. <laughs> and the so. things I always tell my kids is that it's like, what if you hit somebody and then they fall down, they hit their head on the concrete and then they die. And now you go to prison. You now two lives have been ruined. Two families have been disrupted all because you couldn't just swallow somebody calling you a name or scuffing your foot or or spilling a drink on you or any other fucking thing to where, yeah, is it satisfying to punch somebody in the face that deserves it? Yes. Absolutely. (laughs) It's very satisfying. Is it the right course of action? Almost never. <laughs> no, nope. violence is, and that's the thing we got. That's what we have to teach our kids now. It's just uh, look, and, and because it, it's not settled, you know, on, on the on the playground anymore. It's not okay. We got in a fight. We're done now. No, 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 no. It, it continues on, even if it's just not, you know, uh, some type of, of consequence where you get in trouble with, the, you know, the officials with the administration. No, 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 no. Now they're bringing weapons to school. Now it's turning into something that's much darker. And, uh, you know, cause I, I don't know about you. I, we, we never ran into those problems. No, I, there's I never nobody did. had weapons. I, cause there's a lot of times, most of the time. And this was the funny thing about, you know, junior high is you get in a fight with somebody and whatever the outcome was, you end up becoming friends afterwards. That was usually I how, how it many, went. I, know, I don't know how many times that happened with me. Yeah, no, I totally agree. The amount of people that I got in fights with. That you would punch in the face, they would punch you in the face, and then at some point afterwards, you'd be laughing about it. You'd be like, remember that time we fought? Yeah, it was good shit, buddy. Click beers and fucking yeah. go right back to partying. You know, that was the yeah. way it was. But exactly. The the movie Friday lays it out really good when the when the dad is giving that speech to Ice Cube when he catches him getting the gun out of his drawer. And he's like, you know, you boys today are sissified. <laughs> you used to be able to take a punch, and now everybody's quick to draw a gun and start shooting. And it's like, it's... The world is fucking drastically changed because you right. never know that if if you start exchanging words with somebody and then it might turn into a fight. You never know. That person might pull out a fucking concealed fucking 
pistol and fucking yeah. shoot your ass and then get off on it because well, I have to stand my ground. Right. <laughs> I, I felt oh. threatened. It's yeah. Like, wow. One hundred percent. And and yeah, no, and that's that's what we teach our kids now is that no, we're gonna handle this, we're gonna use our heads, we're not gonna get into fights, and violence is never the answer, and hugs, lots of hugs and kisses. <laughs> Oh, wait, no, I don't do that. But you, you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Well, yeah. I was reinforced to my kids too. I'm like, you don't, you never want it to come down to a fight. But if it does come down to a fight, you're going to want to know how to fight because the average person does not know how to fight. And so that's why I'm constantly pushing my kids towards at least learn how to fucking properly throw a punch. But right. it's like, unless it's using a controller on a fucking video game to throw a punch. Like the amount of times I've like put them in front of a heavy bag and I'm like, this is how you do it. <laughs> and then they just, they're not interested in learning. And I'm like, oh, that's okay. You, you guys oh. are sweeties at heart. But I still think that, man, if it comes down to it and it's a scuffle, you want to be the one that at least knows a little bit about what the fuck you're doing. Oh, you want them to be not, not just book smart. You want them to be street smart. Exactly. And I, and, no, and I, and I totally understand that. But what, what I learned, you know, through, through the few times I've thrown punches is that punches really hurt your hand. And yeah, it's so sure much do. better just to do control holds and <laughs> do stuff like that. <laughs> yeah, no, boxer's fracture is never fun. No, it's like, don't be the one that punches. Instead, catch their punch, spin it around, yes. take them to the ground, put that fucker in an arm bar and watch how quickly they fucking start crying. Exactly. They, they tap out really fast. <laughs> so, yeah, no, that's, like... that's hammer fists only work in MMA. And trust me, their shit hurts too. Oh, wait, no, they're wrapped. Never mind. They're fine. Like, do you know how easy it is to put an arm bar on somebody that doesn't know what they're doing? Very easy. <laughs> it happens before they know what the fuck's going on. It's almost very, comical. Very easy. But <laughs> at this point, at this age where I'm at now, oh, God, I don't even want to get in a – I, I never want to get in a fight again, uh, ever. No. I, I, because I know here's what would happen. Even if I knock the person out, right, um, I know the next morning I'm going to wake up my entire body's going to hurt despite the fact that I probably, <laughs> all I did was throw a punch. It's just going to be like, why am I sore? Oh yeah. No, I, I have a plan now. I, I, I got on Amazon and I ordered one inch steel ball bearings and paracord. And I made a monkey fist knot that is hooked to a small little le- leash of paracord that clips onto my keychain. And so if somebody fucks with me, the plan is swing that fucker at their face and then take off running. That's right. The, the important part. Yes, that's <laughs> right. The important part is we, we, we distract and we run. We distract and we run. That is that's the plan. It. That's it. I need, now, granted, I'm probably going to pull a hamstring while I'm running because, again, <clears throat> I'm a little older. You got to keep up that base level fitness, bro. I, I gotta, this is I coming gotta, from somebody who's almost 300 pounds. So take well, that as you will. <laughs> I, I just know if you're, if I know I'm going to get into something, I'm going to stretch first. They're going to think I look weird while I'm stretching, but it's like, hey, can you hold on a sec? I'm, I'm before I hit you. Give, let me, let me just a little stretch. Okay, here we go. All right, <laughs> whack, run. Oh my gosh, I've been slowly trying to work my fitness back up, and so I've got a, a rock climbing wall in my garage, <clears throat> okay. and so I've been training on that. And dude, it's been slow going. Very, very slow going. The on one of the first times back, I was I've been going across and doing everything really statically, you know, just casually reaching up and catching the next hold, and then moving. And I start since I got the route and the movements memorized, I started doing it faster, and so I was doing it dynamically. Pulled a muscle in my my right calf almost immediately, just from simple as simple as just kind of like imagine like doing like a jump shot with basketball. It's kind of like that mm-hmm. type movement. Yeah, it fucking made like a. 
golf ball knot in my calf that was there for like a week and a half. I that is terrible. That that that, that is that is awful. And yes, that's a, that's a sign of age. When you get to the point where you sneeze and you pull a muscle in your back, let me know. Oh, in there. That's, yeah, right. That's that's like rock bottom. That's just like, <laughs> are you fucking kidding me? I can't sneeze now. Dude, I, I slept in the same position that must have been an odd position for too long last night. Woke up at like two in the morning to take a piss. Had to lay in bed for like at least an hour, like doing like little stretches in bed to like. <laughs> and then I settled into a comfortable position and it was that same position. And I was like, that's why you're sore. Yep. <laughs> this position right here is why you're sore. You can't lay on your fucking side like that. <laughs> and I, and Unbelievable. Here's the, here's the fun part. They're probably like, like shooty might be listening to this and, and, and we'll, we'll say here, I'm in my early forties. Joe sounds like you're in your early forties. Yeah. 42. Okay. And I, I'm, I'm sure like old man shooty is listening to this going, fuck you both. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So also that dude's, that dude's fitness levels up there. He's always posting dude, videos of him like doing fucking spin classes I and shit like that. Him. He is yoked, yo. That he guy, after it. he's in good shape. I feel like a horrible human being. And because I feel guilty, I'm just going to drink and smoke more. So that's, <laughs> that's how I compensate for that. I went out and climbed on the garage wall when after I had a few scotches in me the other night. That was interesting. That's a mistake. Dude, I felt I felt like I was climbing with like 20 extra pounds on me, at least. Yeah. Like everything felt so heavy, but I was like, it was still kind of fun. <laughs> the, the I never advantage, really climbed drunk before. It was an interesting experience. The only advantage is that you're not feeling any pain at that point. So <laughs> yeah. that, that's that's the good part about it. But everything else is just an absolute train wreck. So. <laughs> Oh God. I remember years ago, my wife and I, we uh, went out to this really remote place in Iowa to go climbing. It's called Indian Bluffs. And you got to drive down this maze of back gravel roads to get there. And then you park. And then it's still like a, a 30 minute hike to get to where the climbing's at. And so we're there fairly early in the morning and we're climbing on these really easy routes. And then these dudes from Iowa City show up. And set up on the route next to us, pull a six pack of beer out of a out of a backpack, toss beers all around. They all chug beers before they start doing the route. And I'm like, it's nine in the morning. <laughs> like, this is fucking wild. And college kids. Dehydration? What? <laughs> I, yeah, but exactly. They're 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 at that age. We, I, I felt no pain. I, I could be up for three days, you know, doing everything and, and still be able to work and 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 function. Now I have, you know, two fists of scotch and the next morning I feel like hell. <laughs> so yeah, you got to drink that water. <laughs> I tell yes, you, it's going to make that, a difference. Is that what I'm missing? I, I, <laughs> I didn't know that. I'm going to have to try that. <laughs> and I hear you're supposed to eat before you drink too. I, I you know, I, I don't follow that one either. No, I wait and I eat after. It's like, that's part oh, of my oh. come down process. I see. I see. What what's your what's your go what's your go to uh when you're uh your your hangover day? Like the next day? Yeah, the next day. What's your what's your go to? See, I usually don't the, get hangovers. It's pretty rare for me to get them. All right. What's your what's your post drunk? But, but I will say there was there was one time where I really tied it on <clears throat> well, it would it would have been in my mid twenties. Really, really tied it on and I drank a whole case of beer 
a night in in a night, and I was so proud of myself. I was like, "Well, good twenty five cans of beer, I did it." In the next my bladder, day, my bladder hurts just hearing you say that. I want you to know that <laughs> it was an adventurous day. This was this was uh, my wife Lindsay and I. This was before we got married, and it was before we had our first apartment. My mom and dad have got this small, like single room cabin that's on the Cedar River, and it's fairly close to where I grew up. And uh, my dad was okay with Lindsay and I pretty much living out there. And so we lived in the cabin for probably about a month or so. And so it was like, we were, we were like grilling brats and drinking beers and stuff almost, or margaritas, like almost every night. It was, it was such a fun place to live for a summer. And then the river came up and it was flooding and we were having to park a hundred yards away and then walk through knee deep flood water to get to the cabin. The cabin's like up on stilts, like six or seven feet up off the ground. And that, and it was also like getting cold too. And so it was like, dude, this kind of sucks doing this in the morning just to go to work. And so that was the end of staying at the cabin. But while we were out there, I had an epic day of beer drinking where I drank a whole case. And at one point we went out to this local lake and we were trying to catch little bluegills to use as bait to go fishing in the river later on. And I ran into my, my middle school gym teacher and I had some conversation with him where he had to have known that I was just fucking hammered. Where I was like, you were a great gym teacher, Mr. Bardell. You're the only gym teacher I had that wasn't a big fat fuck. And this was meanwhile coming from like a 300 pound dude. <laughs> I think he was out there fishing with his kids. He was probably like, holy shit, stop talking to me. Almost fell in the lake catching stuff. It was great. But that next morning, dude, I woke up and I just wanted to die. And I, I couldn't even think of eating food. I think eventually we went to Culver's, which is like kind of a, a high-end fast food restaurant that's in the Midwest. I don't know if you've ever been to a Culver's or not. I have not, no. Um, it's it's way it's definitely like a cut above um like McDonald's and, and shit like that. They cook it like fresh to order for you. It's you know, fresh, never frozen type stuff and maybe five guys level yeah. type thing. Do you have five guys where you are? Probably something like that, yeah. And um okay. So I, I remember just getting like a medium order of like crinkle cut, crinkle cut salted French fries and like a strawberry smoothie. And I was like, this is the only thing. And I had to eat those strawberry or those French fries so slowly, not dipping them in any ketchup or anything like that. And then just sipped on that strawberry smoothie. And it, it kind of brought me back. But that was the worst hangover I had in my life. I really thought I was going to die from that one. I just remember always the night, you know, you'd get done with your drinking and then, you know, you'd, or you'd leave the bar and it's like, okay, what food are we going to get? And of course the go-to for, for us was Jack in the box always. <laughs> one, it was the only one that was open and two, they had those horrible tacos that they sold and those were the best thing in I've the never, world. I don't know. I don't think that we have Jack in the box here in, in the Midwest, but I'm familiar with uh, what they are. Yes, they they sell the, the it's it's a burger joint more than anything else, but they sell these greasy ass horrible horrible prepackaged tacos. But for whatever reason, when you're super drunk, they are the m most delicious thing in the world. <laughs> Isn't that you know, how it works I, with like really greasy food? When you're totally wasted, you're like, I'm okay with this. Fuck it. But that's what I hit at the. I always hit at the next morning. I'm always trying to cook up a greasy ass breakfast because that's what I'm craving if I if I'm ever hungover. So that, that's why I was curious about what, what your go-to is, but you never get hung over when you do your, you know, yeah, and, and, and this good for morning, you, buddy. This morning I didn't really feel, I didn't feel hung over like at all, but my stomach definitely wasn't a hundred percent, but it's like, I, man, I drank quite a bit of that Glenlivet. 
<laughs> last night, but I also had water with it. And then when we were all done, I made myself like a big turkey and a ham and turkey sandwich. And so I had some, you know, bread to kind of soak stuff up with it and then drank another bottle of water before bed. But when I woke up this morning, like my stomach wasn't feeling awesome. And uh, Lindsay made shipwrecks for breakfast today. Where I have no idea. What, what is that? Uh, it's so it's like you dice up potatoes. And then roast them so they all kind of get, you know, caramelized on the outside of them. And then you fry up breakfast sausage in a, another pan. And then you mix the hamburger or the, the sausage, the potatoes, and then stir in scrambled eggs and kind of just cook it up that way. And then sprinkle cheese over the whole top of it. And you call them shipwrecks. That's interesting. <laughs> That's what I my mean- dad, my dad would always make them out at the cabin when we'd be out like in like hunting and stuff like that. I mean, I'm fam- I'm familiar with the concept of the food. I eat it all the time, but I've, I've never heard it, it referred to as that. <laughs> That's what he always called it. He's like, it's just everything all together in a pan. It's a shipwreck. I'm like, okay. It's like Sounds diner good. food. We just called it a skillet. That's pretty much it here. But a no, skillet. Uh, there you go. Yes. <laughs> that's like probably what you'd call it at like Denny's or something, right? Right. It's, it's, <laughs> a, that's a skillet. But then, no, that's per, that's like per, to me, that's perfect hangover food. If I ever have a hangover, that's something I will make. Yeah. It made for an excellent breakfast today. Everything. <laughs> and then on top of that, the, the other, you, the must have remedy that makes all of your hangover go away is a uh, Bloody Mary or just an Irish coffee. Cause little hair of the dog actually does help. <laughs> I've never had a Bloody Mary before ever in my life. I've always been oh, turned oh, off by it. It's like there's tomato juice in it. Yeah, no thank you. All right, fair enough. But then again, I've never drank tomato juice. I've always just immediately turned my nose up at it, assuming it's terrible. What? It's, it's one of those things that I've held on to since I was a child. Dude, I didn't start eating vegetables until I was in my early 20s. It's, it's wow. It's, yeah, it's, it's, I was very, very... <laughs> very adamant about that when I was a kid. It was like I would eat like green beans, but like fucking salads or putting like lettuce and tomato on like a burger or a sandwich. I would go to Subway and they'd put the meat and cheese on it. They'd be like, and then I'd be like, and then wrap it up. Because <laughs> like, I'm not sauce on. We're done. Yeah, exactly. I'm, like, no, I'm good. Put a little mayo or mustard on there, and no, I don't want any of that green crunchy stuff on there. Now that I'm an adult and I've tried these things. I love them. Like I, I love lettuce and tomato on like a burger or a sandwich, or, and but I, I so now I'm confronting that that I've, that, like you're you're watching me discover things about my. Are you listening to me discover things about myself as we talk? And I'm like, you should try V8. It's probably good. As I, as I've said, you know, to you before through messaging, I'm an enabler. And, uh, that's, that's what I'm best at. So, you know, I've, I've got you into, you know, trying different alcohols and now I'm trying to push you into another alcoholic drink. So, um, <laughs> we'll talk about cocaine next episode and oh, no, wait. <laughs> nobody can afford that anymore. Never mind. That, yeah, that dude, I, 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 what would have been, it was probably 19 or 20. I tried cocaine. It wasn't for me. I didn't like it. I, oh. I didn't like anything about it. I, I, we, we, we didn't, yeah, I stayed away from it because I don't, I don't like uppers period. That's where I'm at. I, I have, yeah, I have enough like neurotic nervous energy already. Exactly. I'm high, I'm high strung enough as it is. So I'm I'm good. Exactly. And it's like, if I want to have some sort of upper buzz, I'm totally fine with just like drinking a Red Bull or a coffee or something like that. Caffeine is just fine for me, but something, number one, something I got to snort up my nose. Like I'm. I feel like I'm allergic to fucking everything. <laughs> and so something I have to snort up my nose, like it was always like 
there was like you know there's like that comedic mo- moment that's like in like every badly written comedy with like people doing coke where somebody's like huh? Huh? and then they sneeze and it blows all the lines away and everybody's like what the fuck like that literally happened to me you're that guy i'm that guy and you're also it's guy. like if you're about to snort a drug and you're doing it off a mirror you have that moment where you look and you see yourself doing it and you're like is this what <laughs> is this what you should be doing right now <laughs> is this when you want to see yourself with a rolled up fucking dollar bill up your nose so this is this is the voice in the back of your head doing this, and you're just sitting there, uh, just from a hygiene standpoint. I have a dollar up my nose. <laughs> right and also, it's like, like when I was that age, like I I wanted to like smoke weed and chill out, and so it was like if people in the friend group had coke, it was like that was the last thing they wanted to do, and so it got to the point where if I'd show up and they had that out, I'd be like later. <laughs> like I'll give you guys a call back in a few days when I know for sure you've run out of money <laughs> and you don't have any more of this coke. That and I remember one time I showed up and I'm like, "What the fuck is that smell?" And they're like, "We're smoking crack." And I'm like, "You guys are fucking. You've gone fully around the bend. Goodbye." And and I just left. I was like, "I can't believe they're smoking crack." Like we used to make jokes about crackheads, and now they're smoking crack. That's fucking insane. You know what they say? Cocaine's a gateway drug. Oh, no, wait. That's the drug you take the gateway to. Never mind. Yeah. No. Yeah. 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 Now, because, like, you know, even though I grew up in small town Iowa, like, I didn't – I wasn't the kid who, like, was super into sports and stuff. Like, I tried it when I was younger, and then I was like, nah, this just isn't for me. I'm I'm not the greatest at playing them. Like, I roll my ankles, like, super easy. Like, it's almost kind of sad. I've rolled my ankles walking on flat ground before where there's zero excuse to roll an ankle. Um. (laughs) And then watching it, I was like, I couldn't really do it. And I was never one of the rich kids, so I didn't, like, fit in with the preppies and stuff. And so it was – I immediately went to counterculture. I was listening to, like, Cannibal Corpse in middle school, and, like, I had a skateboard and baggy pants. And so the group of kids I was hanging out with were, when we got to old enough, moved right in. We saw Friday, and we were like, we should try this smoking weed stuff. This looks great. And so we went out and pooled our money together and called somebody in Cedar Rapids that got an eighth for us and – we were off to the races, smoking pot and stuff. And so that was kind of the gateway. And then in later high school, I remember starting to do acid and mushrooms and shit like that. But then when they got into the powders, I was like, I'm not into it. And and then there was enough there was enough like info about meth and stuff. So when the first time that was ever presented, I was like, You can get the fuck out of my party. I was like, This is not allowed here. I was like, I don't even want you doing that here. You have to leave. And Got into ecstasy for a little while. I wish I could have all the money back I spent on that. It was like one or two summers. Right? We could all be doing much better now. <laughs> I, I feel like this, this is, yeah, we could, this is stuff that could have gone into our 401k is yeah, uh, right? yeah, all of the money we spent <laughs> on that. Oh my gosh. Fucking ecstasy. I'm so glad that me or none of my friends were ever fucking got, in tr- got harmed by that shit. Because now with like fentanyl and stuff, like powders and pills and stuff you get from strangers the idea of that like scares the living shit out of me i'm like i can't believe i was dumb enough to take a pill from a total stranger pay 50 dollars for it and then eat it excitedly he seemed seemed trustworthy at the time i mean you know (laughs) he was the good drug dealer no you're right i i i'm glad that honestly there's so many reasons i'm glad i'm not going you know not in high school right now, I, I just, all of the distractions that are available. I mean, Jesus Christ, can oh, you imagine yeah. what would have happened had we had smartphones in high school? Oh, it'd have been the, the, the stuff that I would have been posting online. Oh my God. I'd have been so canceled. Of course, we also used 
you know, casually used language back in like the nineties. Yes. That, yes. You know, that, <laughs> that and, but, and also like, I always go back on, it's like, well, I never, I never called a gay person the F word or I never called a mentally challenged person the R word. I reserved that for my friends. Like, you know, that's who I called those words to. And it's like still unacceptable. And it's we like, learned, and I get that now, but woo. Well, as we got older, we learned the error of our ways and understood what was, what's appropriate, what's, you know, not appropriate. But I'm just talking about from a distraction standpoint, if, if the internet worked as well back when I was in high school as it does now, I would have never gotten anything done. That's a really good point. Yeah, never. Same thing with the smartphone. I would have never, I, I would have been so distracted. I mean, it would have been porn just fucking all day. But I mean, th- I, I, that would have been such a distraction. I would have never gotten my homework done. And then, yeah, as far as, you know, experimenting with drugs, I mean, shit is so amped up and out of control now. I mean, I can't, yeah, if you buy something from a, a complete stranger and next thing I know, I'm a heroin addict, or, you know, or something along those lines. So it's scary I, shit, dude. Like, uh, it is, and our and our kids are out in the middle of this, and that's that's the horrifying part. God, it's like was... you want. I was going to say you you want to be able to you, you want your kids to be able to d- experiment. You want them to be able to kind of dip their toe into things, and you know everything in moderation, and da 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 da. But I can't even recommend that now because you don't know what the hell you're getting into. Yeah, dude. The <laughs> the other day, my wife and I snooped through our fifty or our fourteen year olds. Uh, phone. We're like, what sort of shit is he Googling? What is this, what's he doing here? It was so innocent and cute. It was shit like, how do ladybugs fly? Aww. <laughs> and I was like, okay, we're good. We're good here. <laughs> no, you're fine. You're fine. <laughs> it's like, he's he's going to discover that. He's going to figure out his hands are that, or his arms are that long for a reason. <laughs> hey, well, either that or he, he knows how to cover this shit up for mom and dad and he's got separate accounts and everything that you're not aware of. But still, no, go ahead and go with he's fine and sweet. That's good. Like that. <laughs> That's like, well, if he has the forethought to cover his tracks and I'm proud in a different way. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> uh, you know, I, 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 my oldest was a saint and continues to be to this day. She's so much smarter than I am. And, you know, she's made it to 23. She's out of the house at this point. So, you know, graduated from college, all of those things. And, and she, you know, wonderful, smart, great, great head on her shoulders. Now I have the nine-year-old who I'm pretty sure is going to be incarcerated by the time <laughs> she's at least 16. I, I think that's what's going to happen, but she she is straight up Machiavellian in some of the shit that she does, and it's like <laughs> you want to you want to look at them and go, "This is inappropriate. This is wrong." But a part of me is just like, "God, I'm proud." No, this, I, I totally wow. get that because that's yeah. the same pattern with my kids, where the the younger ones. There's been times where I've been like, oh, "That's borderline evil what he just did," but it's also kind of brilliant. And yeah, he's a he's a professional button pusher. Like if he sees a button, he has to push it and he knows all of his older brother's buttons and he can play it like a symphony. And so when Aiden's like flipping out, I'm like, what you're doing right now, the verbal loud response, look at the way he smiles. (laughs) And then then the 12 year old cannot not smile when I say that because he knows that I know what's going on. And I'm you like, just got played, buddy. Yes, I'm like, the you trick is played. to pretend that you didn't hear it at all. Because what he's doing right now, he's doing quintessential little brother shit. <laughs> and you're falling for it. And he gets to exploit the fact that you're not the typical big brother that will respond with fists. Because Aiden's <laughs> a sweetie. He doesn't hit as a first response. 
And I'm like, well, I'm like, and Liam exposes that. <laughs> he exploits it. <laughs> I'm like, Liam, do you know what it would be like if you, like, because I'll tell him about some of the fights that I'd go over to like friends' houses that they had older brothers and the shit I would see would like make my jaw hit the floor. I'd be like, these guys are closed fist punching each other in the face. <laughs> this is wild. Oh, I'm so glad I was an only child. Jesus. <laughs> I hear these stories and it's just like, yep, worst thing I had to do was fight my imaginary friends. So that works just fine. <laughs> my dad grew up with a, a younger brother. And so when he found out that our second kid was going to be a boy, he got this evil smile on his face. He's like, they're going to just beat the shit out of each other. <laughs> and it's like, well, no, not really. It's more one-sided and it's all verbally. Then. <laughs> it's psychological damage which in some ways is worse <laughs> but, but then, that's for their that's for their therapist later on when they're adults it's fine you're doing okay you're fine well, I, I catch them in quiet moments being sweet to each other all the time aww and so nice <laughs> ladybugs and, and being sweet in quiet moments <laughs> oh dude um, oh there was one more Get back to trailers, what we were talking about an hour ago. Oh, oh God. There was there was one more that dropped. <laughs> that, that was like an hour ago. <laughs> Did Let's you see back. that trailer for, um, or number one, do you watch The Boys? Oh, of course. Okay. Did you see the trailer for uh, Gen V? Did not. Okay. It, it dropped late yesterday. Um, but it's it's the that new show that they have coming off that's like a spinoff show. Where it's like a bunch okay. of like college aged kids that are in like a university sponsored by Vought. Oh shit, dude! It looks fucking great. I mean, it's just a teaser trailer. It really doesn't show much other than the fact that the show is one of the bloodiest teasers I've ever seen. But I, I can't wait, dude. I, I love that show. I think the boys have gotten better every season. I got to tell you what, man. I I read the comic. And oh yeah, yeah. I've read. I got to say, I got to say this. I think the show is better than the comic. I agree. Yeah. I, I really do. No, they're they're Amazon. They're doing the Lord's work right there uh, with the boys. I, I I adore that show. And uh, no, any any spinoff, I'm down. And are they going to? So are are the kids at the school going to get Compound V while they're while they're attending? It seems like a lot of them have powers. Oh boy! Yeah, Yay. it looks pretty yeah. wild. It, it like it almost looks like a scenario where they're like trying to figure out like they're pitting these kids against each other to see which are the strongest. All right, I'm in. It was kind of the vibe I got from the trailer. So, yeah, I'm I'm stoked, dude. I, I can't wait to see what they're going to do with it. It's coming sometime next year. I'm 100% down. I, I got to be honest, though, I, I and I'm ashamed of this. I have not finished the most recent season of The Boys, and I feel oh, really bad. Wow, dude, it's, yeah. you've got some good television in front of you then. Yeah. I've heard, I've, I've got, what was I? I got about three episodes in and I just, I, yeah, I uh, got sidetracked and other stuff and I I'm behind on a lot of things right now. And it seems like some of the stuff I choose to watch, I really wish I would not have and <laughs> done something else. So what's some of the bad stuff you've seen recently? All right. So like last night I watched the first, I think four episodes of Titans. Oh, I'm in. I'm a DC guy. Mm -hmm. Oh my fucking God. Am I pissed? That's I, I, I was so upset with the way season three ended that I was like, I'm not watching season four. I'm just not doing it. 
I, you know, the first season of the show was really good. The second, the, the, the first half of the second season was great. And then it went to shit. Same Uh thing happened with the third season. The first, first half was really good with all the red hood stuff. And then it went to shit afterwards. So I was all excited because this season, yeah, Titus Welliver is going to, you know, playing Lex Luthor. So I was really excited about that. This, this guy was in, uh, that series Bosch. And uh, uh, he had a big role on Deadwood at one point. Anyways, was he the really main good character act. on Bosch? Yes. Okay, then that that's who's playing Lex Luthor. Yes. Ooh, yes. that is he a, is it is it shitty though? Oh, would you like a spoiler? Yeah, do it. I don't give a fuck. Uh, I'm going to spoil this if you want to. Uh, he dies in the first fucking episode. <laughs> the most exciting like, casting news, and he's dead in the first episode. And he was great. He was really good. I mean, from from what we got. But no, they fucking kill him off in the first episode. Uh, and uh, I, I don't know why I kept going. Probably because I fell asleep in the middle of like the second episode. Um, but no, I'm fucking done with Titans. I'm so I'm. I love the R-rated nature of it. I think it's a good cast. I just don't understand the decisions that they make on that show. I agree. I, I don't get it. I couldn't believe they, it when they squandered Deathstroke as a villain. How do you oh fuck up God. DC's, arguably DC's best villain, in my opinion? Because he's like an evil Batman. He's super smart, healing factor, and he's absolutely fucking ruthless. Yeah. How do you no, fuck I, that up? How do you and, make and, that and, boring? How do, you, how, do you, ugh. how do you kill Donna Troy at the end of the second season with, like, I don't know, a, a, an electric pole oh, fell on her? Oh, dude, that made me... I was like, what the fuck is this? This is a yeah. death that makes no sense. None. And None it's also all. they could do the dumb shit that they did in season two, which wasn't even good. And then they took another one of their best characters and killed it off, probably because he's doing Jack Reacher, which is it's, arguably amazing. Exactly. Uh, no, I thought that that was so funny. I, I mean, I, I still it, the irony of the fact that it was Aquaman and in, in fucking Smallville. Oh, it still cracks me up. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he was no, Aquaman I, in Smallville. Also, yeah, go back, check it out. Oh my yeah. god, see, Smallville is one of those ones where it just slipped my radar. I, I've never seen a single episode of it. But I'm very as familiar long, with what it is as an IP. As long as you divorce yourself from the fact that it uh, it really doesn't follow the comic books at all, you'll be fine. <laughs> that's that's all you need to do. Just just to forget the movies, forget everything else that came before. Yes, it's yes, it's Clark Kent. Yes, the powers are the same. But everything else, just go, go ahead and just just separate yourself from it, and you will love the hell out of it. Yeah, I, uh, I started off, my intro to comics was DC. Like, Batman was my first favorite character, and Batman was the, the first books. Like, I had a whole section of my bookshelf that was filled up with nothing except for Batman trades at, at one point before I diversified out. And really, it was discovering image and being like, oh, my God, it's not just superhero books I can read. And that's where I really took off. But uh, when it comes uh, back to superhero stuff, like, DC was where I got my origins with it. And so it always bums me out when they fumble shit. Yeah, no, it, it, it's, it's really fr- frustrating. And and that's, <laughs> well, you've listened to my show, you know, I am a huge CW, um, Mark. So, but, uh, and so the, the, I love DC, not so much the movies, but I, 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 you know, a lot of their television stuff, love their animated movies. I th- that's their one strength that they have or yeah. that they had. They, I don't know where they're going to go with it now, but, um, no, I, I'm I'm right there with you. That Superman is where I started. That was the first comic I ever bought with my own money was Superman. So he has always been my favorite character. I've always been the the entire 
Superman family it, it has, you know, has always been my thing. And yes, all of the, the first trades that I got were, were, you know, DC related. And then of course, you know, Marvel kind of comes along and I, I like them, but I still always go back to DC as far as the comics. Man, it's been forever since I've picked up uh, a comic from kind of the big two. Well, I guess I, I do occasionally read the, the Donnie Cates books that he's been doing for Marvel, but that's because he's one of my favorite writers. I picked up the other day the first trade I have picked up in years, and and not not just superheroes, but any trade at all. Um, I picked up that uh, Supergirl, uh, what was it, Woman of Tomorrow, and wow, it was really nice to read a good comic for the first time in, uh, I don't know, years. Oh, it was nice. Really, really good story. But no, I'm with you. I, li- I like the, the, the non-superhero stuff as well. Uh, Preacher was one of my favorites. Oh, yeah. Preacher's excellent. I love Fables. That was another great one that I wish I could have kept going with. Um, yeah, no, there there's some great non-superhero stuff, but I'm always drawn back to the superheroes. I mean, I don't know. It's in my DNA. Have you ever heard of the book Plastic? Mm, no, I don't believe I have. <laughs> I always recommend people this book because it's, it's just bonkers. It's a five-issue miniseries by Doug Wagner and Daniel Hilliard. And okay. So it is okay. So basically, this guy and the love of his life are enjoying this cross country trip and basically just kind of stopping every once in a while, having sex in the back of the car, going on donut runs. And on his most recent donut run, he comes back out to the car and there's a group of like, you know, kind of like young adults that are harassing his girl in the car. He gets angry, he beats the ever living shit out of them. And then sometime later, he is abducted. And when he comes to, his girl is missing. And there's a mob boss in front of him. Turns out one of the kids that he beat the shit out of was this mob boss's son. And they're like, hey, we looked into you. We know you're this retired CIA hitman. And if you ever want to see your girl alive again, you need to kill this local sheriff and her entire family. And so, like, that doesn't, that sounds like a story you've heard before, right? Well, here's the awesome twist and in plastic is that Virginia is a plastic fuck doll that this guy's in love with. Shut the fuck up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And and basically anybody who has touched her must die. And so turns out that, you know, he's not a CIA spook. He's actually a fucking serial killer. <laughs> and he goes after and takes apart all these guys to get his love back over the course of five issues. All right. Um, I'm in. It's amazing. It's, and also, I mean, Anything I've had Doug Wagner on the show before in the past. I've talked to him multiple times. He is a sweetheart of a human being. He's he's so funny, so easy to talk to. Same with Daniel Hilliard too. He, he's a English dude who lives in Spain. But okay. when they work together, they make excellent fucked up comic books. And so Plastic is the first of like the Material trilogy. They wrote a follow up book called Vinyl that follows like a main character who's a serial killer. That the FBI agent that's been following him for years gets abducted, and so he needs to go and save the FBI agent that's been following him. Interesting. And, and there's like it's abducted by basically these cultists, and so he teams up with some of his serial killer buddies to go and rescue this guy. So vinyl is also a fucking really wild ride. And then plush, the very first issue just dropped on Wednesday of this last week. And that is about cannibalistic furries. 
<laughs> so, dude, if you're not in for those three books, I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> uh, no, that sounds right up my alley. Yeah, no, Doug is... Wagner, dude. The guy's fucking brilliant. He's he's one of my favorite writers. I'll I'll have to look into that. And, and it's so funny, yeah. The, you know, these guys that write this stuff, and you're sitting there going, "Dag, he got to be fucked up." Then you meet him, they're like, "Wow, he's really normal." Yes. And <laughs> you understand they're normal because they get this shit out on the page. Yeah, this is their catharsis. <laughs> they don't suppress it and internalize it. <laughs> exactly. They just let it all out. Not that they have thoughts of doing these things. However, this is how you can get your rage out. This is how you can get your depression out. This, you know, again, this is why I write and why I podcast is so I can get it out. Oh, totally. Writing can be such a cathartic um, process. I I just kind of started doing it again uh, earlier this year um, after a very, very long break. So I'm falling into the whole fanfic, you know, world and I'm having fun with it. Hey, right on, dude. Just whatever floats your boat. That's what it's all about. And fanfic is it's it's a huge like subgenre unto itself with a really big fan base. Yeah, no, it's 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 great, and uh, so yeah, I've been able to read other people's work. It's you know, uh, there's been some fun stuff that I that I've read, and I'm working on my own thing, and probably will never see the light of day with anybody, but you know, it's for me. So hey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, the the project I've been working on, I've been writing a fantasy story that's been taking forever. That uh, sometimes writing, dude, it's like you sit in front of the computer. And you just agonize over like fucking punctuation, and dumb shit like that. Mm-hmm. It's terrible. I, All part of the fun process. Yeah, I got sixty thousand words in, and I'm sitting there going, "Oh, I need to go back and you know just you know kind of proofread and do everything else because I was I hit a block, and so I went back and it, <laughs> two weeks later, after going back through it, changing a bunch of stuff, which don't get me wrong, I'm glad I did it, but it's just like okay, we need to get back to w- what we're doing, and in the the thing that fucks me up is I'll, I'll, you know, I'll be sitting there doing dialogue in my head or doing, you know, going through it. And then I finally get sit back down in front of the computer and I can't remember what the hell I was thinking, you know, what I'd come up with. Cause I don't take notes. I didn't, you know, record it anywhere. Oh, I was going to say you could turn on your, like your voice notes or whatever, I, which is what I should be doing. And, and for whatever reason I, I forget to, you know, to do it, but yeah, I'm writing a, 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 a DC Comics, you know, CW, Supergirl, you know, Supercorp story. So I'm, <laughs> nice. <laughs> I'm, I ship. That's right. God damn it. I've heard you talk about it on on the show before, and so I was like, I'm pretty sure it's a Supergirl story that he's doing. That's yep, awesome. Totally. One of it, it's the whole Arrowverse. It's like a it, it, you know the a Justice League type thing. But yes, they are very central. You know, oh, to the fun. So yeah. So no, it's it's getting it's it's getting to. F- you you get to fix some things that you didn't like in the series and, you know, kind of make some course corrections and you know, it's fun. It's, it's, it, yeah, it's, it's a blast. And, and it's, as is with podcast with the writing is that when this becomes a job and you have to force yourself to do it, that's when I'm done doing it. I, I'm, I do this for fun. I don't do it for money. I don't do it for, for fame. I don't do it for any of that shit. It's, it's all about fun for me and, and catharsis for me. And again, if I'm sitting there dreading doing it, then yeah, I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Cause I, yeah, it can turn into a job, dude. And when it starts to feel like a job, that's when it's no fun. And yeah, but also it's like with me, it's like, I need to make myself to be disciplined and I need to be better about being like, hey, at least for 30 minutes every day, you have to be in front of the computer and work on this fucking thing. 
Oh no, I totally agree with that. No, I, I get that. And, and honestly, I, yeah, sometimes you do have to push yourself as far as the writing. I, I don't disagree with that, but no, if, if you get to the point where you're sitting there agonizing over it, it is it really worth it? Yeah. <laughs> well, that and point? that's usually when I'll be like, okay, I just need to put it down and take a break for a little take bit. Take a break. And right. That's kind of one of those periods where I'm in right now. Where it's like the the work that I'm doing on my story now is more I flush out notes in my head than right because it's like for me to continue writing where I'm at I need to know well for the story I'm writing I need to know what's going to be happening in two and three books from now also because now is the point where I have to lay those breadcrumbs oh you do it too oh, so <laughs> you, awesome. you have to if you if 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 that's the story you want to write otherwise you're just implementing stuff later in the story where it's like okay you just thought of this just now. Well done. I, I did the I did an outline and I'm like I'm a huge I believer in an outline, it, my friend. <laughs> I looked I looked at it like I, I would uh, movies. I because I, I used to write screenplays a lot, so oh nice. I look at it from movies, and I it's like okay, here's here's the end of the first film, here's the second film. So basically, I have a trilogy plus one already like mapped out, and it's like you're sitting there. I'm not even shit a quarter of the way through the first one. And I'm like, this is going to be like fucking 500,000 words long. <laughs> That's fucking I awesome. To, I might have to prune some of this, but no, I have, I have the overall picture in my head of where this is going to go. And it's just along the way as you, yeah, you, you, you have, you have in your head how, how, you know, the particular scenes are going to go, but then you start, going, oh, well, maybe we should add this. Let's do this. Let's do this. Let's do this. And that that's the fun part, part for me. Yes. Yeah. I get I, I get so geeked out about my story and my characters, but mostly because they've been living in my head for like so many years. Like I've been right. so slowly whittling away at this story since like the early 2000s is when I first started taking notes about this place. And, and I wrote one manuscript that I was like, oh, this is really kind of dog shit. And then I, I cut it up and used pieces of it and then accelerated the story a little bit in the timeline and then picked it up from there. And I was like, I'll go back and, and pick up the other parts of that story that were important in the next book when they actually go back to that place. But it, it is exciting. And, and like I've uh, – my, my kids really love the story too and they harass me about it. And they're like, they're like uh, when are we going to get to read the, f- the full book? And I'm like, Jesus, I'm like, I'm working on it. And they're like, you're not working on it. <laughs> so it's kind of funny how they're, they're the ones that are like harping on me about it. Start, stop pressuring daddy. God damn it. Okay. This is a creative process. <laughs> See, I, I, I've let my co-host, I, I sent it. I, I gave him what I had so far. Cause I, 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 I need somebody to look at it just so I, I don't know my ego. I, I can't, I don't know what it is, but, um, and, and so I'm waiting for his feedback, but I'd like, no, I, no one else. I, I don't want anyone else to look at it because yeah, it's, it's in my head and, and yes, I live in these characters now. I, you know, I come up with the scene. I was actually writing a scene and I got teary eyed. I'm like, yeah, wow, I never, knew that, I never knew that was possible. Cause it was a very emotionally charged scene that I was doing. And I'm just like, damn dude, it's good enough for me. I, I was working on notes for a character's backstory. And like when I fully flushed out the shit that happened to him when I, when he was a kid, it was then time for supper and I'm sitting out at the table and I'm still thinking about that stuff. And all of yeah. a sudden tears just start streaming down my face. Right. And I'm like chewing and crying and my kids are like, are you Okay. <laughs> 
And I'm like, everything's fine. I just wrote something really sad. <laughs> I'm being affected by it. <laughs> I just need a hug, god damn it. It didn't happen to me. It happened to a fictional character I made up in my mind. And they're looking at you like you're insane. <laughs> they all were looking at me like I yeah. was insane. <laughs> I'm glad that's... I'm not the only one that that happens to. Oh, no, 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 totally. <laughs> and, and again, I look at that and I go, that's good writing. God, if, if I – yes, I'm seeing it a certain way in my head. It's from my perspective. Someone else may read it and go, this is dumb. But for me, that's that's the – that's what brings me satisfaction is that I was able to elicit that type of response out of, uh, out of myself just based on how, what I'm writing. I'm like, dude, that's fuck. That's all I need right there. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree. Cause in the end, that's what you're supposed to be doing with it. You know, you're, you're trying to provoke emotions from your, your readers. Right. And, mm. and we're not looking at it as, okay, how do we please other people? How do we get an audience into this? How do we do No, no, no. Do I like it or do I not? And that's it. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> I might I might actually do some writing later now. I'm kind of stoked hey, about uh, it. <laughs> I don't have a shit ton of work I got to get done today. I would be uh, probably doing some writing all day. Actually, I am going to set some time time aside to today. So, I've uh I try I'm I I try to do kind of the same I try to do a half hour a day if I can. I you know, some days I miss, but I I've, I've been pretty good about it. Yeah, even if that's I, a really good I, standard to shoot for. Even if I just type three words, which has happened on days, you know, certain days, because you get caught on a, uh, on a particular sentence and you're just like, I don't like how that sounds. And you're just sitting there for 30 minutes trying to think of the best thing. So, And usually now I've gotten to the point where when I recognize myself doing that, I'm like, dude, you're not writing the final draft. You're not going to like finish your writing session and send this to like an editor or, or like an agent or something like that. You're, you you and so I'm like, just just let it stand. Because if it bothers me now when I wrote it, it's going to bother me again when I proofread it. And that's exactly. where I will fix that. That's where I can sit and anguish over shit. And when there's a whole bunch of other good stuff around it, maybe it'll come to me then and I'll just reword it t- entirely differently. Or maybe, fuck it, I delete that entire section out because exactly. it wasn't even needed. And that's why I was so happy I went through and re-edited because I'm like, why this is fucking get rid of this there's no reason for it to be there and it's like oh this i'm free yay so oh that's cool man i think that's really cool yeah it's uh it's it's been a it's been a fun process doing that and it's uh is it distracting at times yes but uh (laughs) no it's 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 good times it's 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 a way to to scratch that creative itch you've got Oh, absolutely, dude. And speaking about the creative itch, what's going on with the Morally Flexible podcast? Uh, we're going to keep on keeping on uh, the same uh, mediocre uh, content that we can come up with uh, for, for all the people. Uh, we got this this thing. I don't. Did you get the, uh, the Spotify end of the year thing at all? <laughs> yeah. to, okay. So we did. 6,000 minutes of content <laughs> this year. <laughs> and it said it was 99% more than everybody else in film and TV. And I'm just like, well, <clears throat> it's not quality. It's all about quantity. <laughs> so we're going to, we're going to keep that gold standard going, uh, for the coming year. We're, um, uh, this is an exclusive here. We are going to potentially be adding another co-host to the show. Oh, so nice. I'm very, 
very excited about that. That uh, pro, I'd say 80, 89%, 89, 90% sure that uh, that's going to happen at the beginning of January. So looking forward to that. And uh, just keep trying to find some fun movies to talk about and therapy issues and whine about our lives and finding weird sexual shit I can talk about. So. <laughs> That's an excellent plug for the show. <laughs> hey, right? Hey, we try, I try to find, you know, and I don't say weird, unique things, unique little paraphilias that people run into. That's always, I, I try to, to, you know, it's one of the segments we have called This is a Thing. So I'm always trying to find, you know, something that's, that's a little bit outside of the norm. Yeah, so. that, was on your, that was on one of your episodes I learned about the phrase vaginal tenting. Yes. <laughs> I was like, yes. what the fuck is this? <laughs> It's that stuff is so fascinating to me. It it just, it it really is. So, but what I'm running into now, we're almost uh, what, two years in now it's trying to find (laughs) new, new paraphilias that are out there. (laughs) Dude, sure as there's sand on the beach, there's a whole internet worth of weird sex stuff out there there to talk about. There, there is, but there, yeah, no, it's just finding the, the most unique ones. I guess at this point, after two years, I could start recycling. It's fine. But <laughs> there's, there's stuff that's talked about in the first episode that I'm sure most people don't even remember. So, And if there's anything I've learned, if there is a weird sex thing, there's a subreddit divided to it. Or to, oh, devoted oh, to it. God, always. There's always. <laughs> and that's another rabbit hole you can fall down. Dude, the amount of times that I like start searching something on Reddit and just like the first three letters will bring up a pornographic subreddit. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> a lot of repressed creative fo- names on some of them. A lot of repressed folks out there, Joe. Oh, a for lot, sure. <laughs> a lot. They get into some things and that's, uh, you know. To each his own. No my, kink shaming here. My favorites are the ones where it's some really specific sex thing, and it's like community, 28 members. <laughs> that's like, right. that's a, a close knit community, right? There. That's a very, very tight, tight community. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. So. Potluck slash fuck parties. <laughs> God. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of weird of smells things. in that kitchen. <laughs> well, and with some of these things, you're like, "Wow, that's a lot of equipment to bring in." So, <laughs> you, know, you never know. So we're going to keep doing that. That's that's uh, we're going to keep pushing forward as as we have been. Try new alcohols and just uh, try to have fun. And not, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to keep the episodes at around two hours. But if, if I'm drinking, no promises. So <laughs> nice. Dude, I really appreciate you taking time out of your schedule to come on. I had a fucking blast talking to you. Oh, it was a good time. We could have done this for four hours. Absolutely. Oh, but, easily. Uh, I, I'm gonna, <laughs> I, I, I want to have you on our show at some point. I think you'd have a good time. Oh, that would be so much fun. Absolutely. And I know you guys usually record in the evenings too, right? Yes, on the worst night of the week ever, in the, right in the middle of the week. So that's not, not helpful <laughs> for most people. No, come on the show on a Wednesday night. Get super fucking drunk and then go to work Thursday morning. It's fine. Won't be any problem. <laughs> We'll have to make something work, though. That'd be fun. We'll, we'll figure something out. But no, I, thank you so much for having me on. I had a blast. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Uh, thank you all very much for listening. Until next time, this has been Starkcast. <laughs>